guys give God a hand clap of praise. I'm excited to share with you guys tonight. I'm going to be talking about a subject that I think is really exciting. It's going to open up some things for you, and prayerfully, it's going to uh, illuminate your minds and help you better understand the Word of God to the extent that you learn how to govern yourself, because that's the idea of these midweek services, governing, governing yourself and learning how to power up for the midweek. Say amen. Give God a praise. Okay, so we're going to be over in Luke chapter 6. Turn with me, if you would, over to the book of Luke in the sixth chapter. It's a very common portion of, of scripture. And in this in particular scripture, we find that um, Jesus is healing and he's healing individuals on the Sabbath day. And some of the Pharisees and the uh, leaders of that day had a problem with the idea of Jesus healing on the Sabbath OK, so the idea that Jesus was going forth and he was healing and people were being con uh, concerned about the idea that uh, Jesus is healing or working or laboring on the Sabbath. So here we are, Luke chapter six. When you have it, say, I got it. I got it. All right. Luke chapter six. And uh, let's start. At around verse 6. Luke 6 and verse 6. And it says, And it came to pass also on another Sabbath that he entered into the synagogue and taught. Now the word synagogue is very important. It's key to understanding this in particular scripture. The word synagogue is the Greek word sunageo. Everyone say that word, sunageo. Write it down, do whatever you do to highlight it. This word is very, very important. Synagogue, sunageo. And the word sun, it's a compound word. The first portion of this word is, of the word synagogue, is sun, S-U-N or S-Y-N. And it means together, together. And then the root word is ago, which means to be led or to be pulled. Okay, so the word synagogue means that you're being pulled together. Okay, so write that down. That's key to understanding what we're getting ready to talk about. Okay, so these individuals... And it came to pass on another Sabbath, and, and obviously the message he had just taught was about a Sabbath day. This is a, a separate incident. It came to pass on another Sabbath that the people were being pulled together. Okay? So he entered into the synagogue and taught. And there was a man who had a withered hand. And the scribes and the Pharisees watched him, referring to Jesus, whether he would heal on the Sabbath day that they might find occasion against him, okay? So for those of you taking notes, I want you to write at the top of your page, catching an attitude. Mm -hmm. Everyone say it, catching an attitude. I want to show you what happens when you catch an attitude. Not when you have an attitude, but when you catch an attitude. Okay, there's a big difference between having an attitude and catching an attitude. So if I have an attitude, I got annoyed and I am bothered and probably starting to express the fact that I'm bothered. When I catch an attitude, that's totally different. I am not bothered. Someone else is bothered and I'm catching their feelings. Do you, you understand that? So you're catching an attitude, you're catching what someone else has, the disposition of those around you. That's why it's very important for us to understand that he came together on another Sabbath in the Sunagel, pulling together. You have to be very, very careful who you pull together with because you might catch their attitude. Now, an attitude is a spirit without a body to express itself. An attitude is a spirit without a body to express itself. The fruit of the spirit is gentleness, peace, meekness. These are attitudes. 
without a body. The spirit embodies us, utilizes our body, and it begins to express all of these attributes of the spirit. Now, what happens, we get a hold of God or we receive God, and all of a sudden these attributes come out of us. Okay? The same goes with our fellowship with other individuals. We get around the wrong people, and all of a sudden, a whole new attribute comes out, and that in particular attribute is um, an attitude. Okay? So watch this here. Verse 6, and it came to pass also on another Sabbath that he entered into the Sunagel, and he taught them. Okay? So he enters into the synagogue, and he taught them. Okay? Now the word taught is very important, the Greek word didasko. Okay, you spell that D-I-D-A-S-K-O, didasko. Okay, and he entered into the pulling together. I want y'all to understand this. So he's entering into the pull together, and he's pu- these people are being pulled together while he is teaching. Okay, so teaching is very important, and especially if you can get involved in the teaching when the right people are around you, people who want to learn help you because they carry a spirit of learning. People who don't want to hear the message of God also carry a spirit. And you can come into service sometime and you'll be very excited about what's getting ready to happen. You're ready. You're on fire. You're ready to go. All of a sudden you get in service and you just don't feel it. You don't know what happened. You just don't feel it. I'm going to tell you what happened. You caught an attitude. You caught, the, you caught the impression of somebody around you. You caught the impression of someone around you. So Jesus comes together to teach them, and he taught in the Sabbath. And there was a man whose hand was withered. Everyone say, there was a man whose hand was withered. Now, this, this word man is the Greek word anthropos, okay? Anthropos is alpha, which means without, ano, which means upward, and trepola, which means to look up. Anana, trepola, or anthropos is someone who does not look up to God or someone who does not stand on his own two feet. So this man had a withered hand and he was not standing on his own two feet. What does that mean? In other words, he was probably seeking God for healing. But the people around him may not have believed in healing. And because he wasn't standing on his own two feet, Because he wasn't looking to God as an individual, he was pulling together with these individuals who didn't believe he wasn't getting healed. When you are believing for something miraculous in your life, make sure you get around like-minded people. Make sure you get around like-minded people. Sometimes we have a tendency, a very negative tendency, of sharing our intentions, our goals, with people who don't believe we're going to succeed in life. And they bring another spirit, and if you're not strong in your belief, you'll start believing as they believe. And you don't even know what happened. Just last week, you were on fire. Just last week, you were ready to go. Now, all of a sudden, (sighs) I don't know. I'm not sure. You're not sure because you court an attitude. Okay, so here it is, and I hope you're getting a a picture of this. Verse 6 said, and it came to pass on another Sabbath, Jesus entered into the Sunagel, he entered into the synagogue and taught, and there, and it was in the synagogue, a man, Anthropos, on Anna Trapola, someone who didn't stand on his own two feet, was not looking up to God as an individual. And there came and there was a man that was there whose right hand was withered. And it's important that the Bible describes this hand as the right hand, because the right hand represents the authority, the strength. And the right hand also represents inheritance. So his right hand was withered. He wasn't able to inherit the things that God had promised him. 
And the scribes and the Pharisees were just watching Jesus. They're sitting there looking at him going, all right, let's see if he violates the law and try to heal on the Sabbath. So that they would find something they could accuse him of. Verse 8. But he knew their thoughts. Circle that phrase. But he knew their thoughts. The Greek word is idu. He knew their thoughts. I-E-I-D-O. Idu. He knew their thoughts. He was aware of what they were doing. He could see what they were up to. But Jesus knew their thoughts and said to the man whose hand was withered, rise up. He said, I want you to rise up. I want you to stand up. I want you to get up. Come on over here and stand forth in the midst. So he stands this man in the midst of the people because he wants to show that you can't let people dictate to your faith. Sometimes you're going to have to take a stand in the midst of the people around you. I know some people will have people will oppose them. And when people start opposing them, you know what they do? They start talking about who's opposing them. Nobody's supporting me. Nobody's opposing me. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. You're going to invite sickness. You're going to invite headaches, backaches. Your mind's going to go crazy. You don't need that kind of foolishness in your life. Say amen twice. So what the Bible begins to teach us is that he told this man, I want you to stand. I want you to come here. I want you to stand up in the midst of everybody. And he calls him in the middle. Remember, he calls him to stand in the middle of, of the whole congregation because he knows they're trying to catch him in a, in a violation of the law. And the man arose and stood forth. Then Jesus said unto him, I will ask you one thing. Now, Jesus is no longer talking to the man. He's talking to the audience. He says, man, young man, I want you to come stand right here. And the man comes and he stands right in front of Jesus and, and everybody's watching him. And, he's look, and they're looking like, here you go. He's getting ready to do it. He's getting ready to lay hands. And he, he's in violation. He's in violation. And Jesus turns around and he looks at the Pharisees and goes, I want to ask you a question. Is it lawful on the Sabbath? Is it lawful on the Sabbath day to do good or to do evil? To save a life or to destroy it? You see, if Jesus didn't help him, he was saying, so we should just destroy this man? Isn't that work? They thought they were keeping the law, but they were working against, not only were they working, but they were working against God on the Sabbath. And looking around about all of them, he said to the man, stretch forth your hand. That's just like God. He says, just stretch forth your hand. Let the people see what I'm getting ready to do. And he did so. And his hand was restored whole as the other. Now, here is a bona fide miracle taking place in the synagogue. And the thing that happens next is disgusting. Absolutely pitiful to find this thing happen in the synagogue. And they were filled with madness. Circle that phrase. And they were filled with madness. They weren't filled with joy. God just healed. They weren't filled with gratitude. God just uh, showed that he was with them. God's going to draw more people to the, to, the, to the synagogue. They weren't concerned about any of those things that, that are supposed to happen. Now watch what the Bible says. And they were filled with madness and communed with one another. What they might do to Jesus. Now, I want you to understand what happened. Jesus says, I want you to stretch forth your hand. The man stretches forth his hand, and as he stretches forth his hand, it becomes healed. And as the man is healed, somebody is sitting in the audience getting angry. <sighs> Starting to breathe heavy. Shaking their head. Looking around at each other. Can you believe this? Can you believe this? Mm, mm, mm. And as that is happening, the next man and the next man and the next man, after a while, slow murmurs began. 
can't believe he did that. Can you believe he did that? I cannot believe he did that. People who were not upset got upset because they were now spreading an attitude. Be very careful not to spread an attitude. And I want to show you how it was done. And it was done to undermine Christ. So here it is. And they were filled with madness. Circle this word filled. They were filled with madness. It's the Greek word playthul. Filled with madness. P-L-E-T-H-O. P-L-E-T-H-O. Playthul. They were filled with madness. Now, this word filled is very important. Plato describes that they were furnished with something. They were furnished with something. The word Plato describes they had accomplished something. In other words, the person that got angry would not be content with being angry. His intention was to make everyone else angry also. And after a while, he found like-minded people, and he had accomplished his objective, and that was he furnished the rest of them with anger. Madness. Madness. Everyone say it. So they were filled, playthrough, with madness. They were influenced, furnished. It had come to pass, you could actually translate it. It was something they were hoping would happen, and it came to pass. And they were filled with madness. This is not a person who's just a little upset. A person who has a diabolical plan in mind. I'm going to get upset and I'm going to get everybody else upset. In fact, you find this word used the exact same way over in Luke chapter 21. Turn over there if you would. Keep your thumb where you are. Luke chapter 21 and verse 22. And it reads like this, for these be the days of vengeance, that all things which were written may be fulfilled. This was something that they were waiting to see happen, and it was now fulfilled. Playthrough. It is the exact word used to describe how these individuals were upset, and they were waiting for everyone else in that room to get upset until it was fulfilled. In fact, this is the exact same word used over in Acts chapter 2 and verse 4 when the Bible says that they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began speaking in tongues. In other words, when the Holy Spirit came in the room, it was because one person got it, and then another person got it from him, and another person got it from her, and another person got it, and it just kept spreading throughout the room because the people were so willing to embrace it. Which leads us to another thought. How willing are you to embrace negativity when it's being shared with you? And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began speaking in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. As the Spirit gave them utterance. In other words, you could translate the other verse that we were just reading. And they were all filled with madness. They were influenced by one another. They were ready to be influenced by one another. And they began to get angry and frustrated as that attitude gave them frustration as that spirit gave them utterance. So we find here that this is very important 
that what began to happen here in a negative sense can happen in the spiritual positive sense. Okay? You can catch an attitude, but it could be the right attitude. You can come into your service and you be down, your heart is heavy, the burdens are on you, and all of a sudden the people around you begin to lift up the name of Jesus. They begin to glorify God. They begin to praise God. And all of a sudden you could say to yourself, I want to be willing to accept that attitude. And you could catch that attitude just like you catch a negative attitude. Touch your neighbor, say, neighbor, that's the attitude you want to catch. Sometimes I come into service and my body is just tired. I've been doing and running and rimping and going, and my body is tired. But then I get around the, the saints of God, and guess what? I catch an attitude. I catch the spirit of what's going on in someone else. And before long, I am running around. I am full of energy. And if you can catch the Holy Spirit... You can by far catch an attitude. Touch your neighbor. Say, if you want a great anointing, be careful who you sit next to in church. Back over in the book of Luke, Luke chapter 6 and verse 11. And he said, and they were filled with madness. They were influencing one another. They were influencing one another so much that they caught madness. Now watch this word for madness. Circle this word madness. Write it down. Do whatever you do to make this word prominent in your reading later on. It is the Greek word anoia. Everyone say it. Anoia. Say it again. Anoia. You hear another word inside of that? To be annoyed. They tried to anoia. Well, this person got in, he was annoyed, she was annoyed, you weren't, but they started getting this annoyance to spread in the room. And I'm going to show you how they spread it. It wasn't just like, I'm annoyed, I'm sitting here tapping my fingers and catching an attitude like this, and all of a sudden the next person got it. No, I'm going to show you how they spreaded it. It was a goal. It was an intention. Say Amen. Now, the word annoia has been translated as folly. And they were filled with madness. They were filled with folly. In other words, they started making fun of Jesus. I thought he was supposed to be so. He did a violation of the law. You got to be very careful. When you're in the presence of God and the anointing is moving and someone sitting next to you starts joking with you. And the most, the most devastating part about this individual who's sitting next to you is not the person sitting next to you. It's you who's not being annoyed by it. This in particular word describes someone who is full with folly, who is upset. And what they're upset about is that you are not paying attention to what I'm saying. How do I know that's what it was? Because the Bible says, and they were all, and they were filled with madness and communed with one another. Now, the word communed is very important because the Greek word describes someone who's talking to another person. They started talking. Dia la legos is the Greek word. Dia la lego. Dia, which means through. Lego, which means to connect your thoughts and feelings. Just like the, the game Lego, where you build the blocks, this is what they were doing. They were building on this principle of being annoyed. They started shaking their heads. Mm, mm, mm. Mm, mm, mm. Didn't get enough attention. I can't believe this. Can you believe this? And they begin to talk to one another, and then they begin to joke, and then they begin to distract. All of a sudden, no one was paying attention to the fact that God just did a miracle. No one was paying attention to the fact that people could have joined the church. No one was paying to the fact that God had adjacent himself and connected himself. Everybody was talking over top of God's movement. And they began to get annoyed. 
so much that they didn't want to talk about it anymore. This type of annoying moved them to want to do something to Jesus. The Bible said, what shall they do to Jesus? The Greek word for do is the Greek word poieo. Everyone say it. Poieo. P-O-I-E-O. Poieo. They wanted to change his character. The word poieo means to name something. To own it. When a poet sees something, he puts it in his own words so that he could be the author of what was just created. This is a picture of someone who is so pleased with himself after he had his attitude. He was sitting there rocking, mumbling, murmuring. He starts talking, whispering. Then he sits back. And like a poet, he looks at his creation. And he says, look at the chaos that I just created. Look at the chaos I created. And I created it because you were so willing to catch this attitude. You were so willing to catch this attitude. You, didn't, you weren't willing to catch on to the spirit of God. Don't forget, they were filled with madness, exact same word used to describe how we are to be filled with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Now, most people, when they hear someone else speak in tongues, they don't speak in tongues. They don't get filled with the Holy Ghost. They don't catch that spirit. But when there's talking going on, there's murmuring inside the church, people catch that. When people start saying, oh, I don't understand why we have to do this here, then other people say, you know what? I don't know why we have to do Why do we have to do this here? Who died and made him boss? And all of a sudden, you're catching an attitude. With the scriptures saying, be very careful who's talking while God's spirit is moving. Everyone say that. Be careful who's talking while God's spirit is moving. Because here's the Spirit of God moving, and while the Spirit of God is moving, someone is starting to talk. And it's, you ever have those days where you're sitting in service, and all of a sudden somebody behind you or around you starts talking? Now you're trying to hear God, you start to get what? Annoyed. Do you know when people around me start talking when I'm in service, I try my best not to get annoyed because it could become communicable. The whole room might slowly start getting annoyed. So what I do, I praise even louder. I get involved in the spirit a little bit more. I make sure that I'm actively trying to spread the right spirit. Give three people a high five. Say, make sure you spread the right spirit. So let's look at what began to happen. Jesus put this man in the middle of the room. And everybody in that room had a choice to choose what spirit they were going to follow. Jesus did an obvious miracle. Everyone could see that, he, that this man was healed because he had him stretch forth his hand in the center or in the midst of everybody. The man is now healed, but somebody began to be filled. Plathos. They began to be filled, influenced. And not only were they influenced, but they were influenced with madness, anoia. Now, here's the thing that's really powerful about this word, anoia. I want to go back to the word madness for a minute because this is going to blow your mind. The word anoia, very important, A-N-O-I-A, anoia. Well, the first letter in this word, anoia, is the Greek letter alpha which means without. So these individuals were being annoyed without knowing why they were annoyed. They didn't have no idea what they were angry about. They just started getting frustrated. They had caught an attitude. They were now feeling 
like the people around them were feeling. So who I spend my time with is based on how I see you handle your life. Say amen. amen. Give God a praise. I'll fellowship with everybody, but I'm not spending time with people who keep magnifying problems. I'm not spending time with people who keep magnifying problems because they're going to get me angry. I'm going to get annoyed. I can't do attitude all day long. I can't do that. Frustrated about something, complaining about something. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough. this. Can you breathe? You can breathe, right? Thank Jesus. You can breathe. You'll need money to breathe. And they were filled with madness. Some of them were so upset, they didn't even know what they were upset about. Saints of God, that's sad when you're upset and you don't have a clue what you're upset about. When you're upset and you don't know what you're upset about, you caught an attitude. If you're sitting in church and all of a sudden you just feel excited, you don't know what you're excited about. You just caught an attitude. You just caught the right attitude. So attitudes are spirits. Everyone say it. Attitudes are spirits. Write it down. Don't forget it. It's so important. Attitudes are spirits. And the way you get them is by what you hear. Faith cometh by hearing. And so these individuals, the Bible says, commune with one another. How did they commune? By communicating. Just being in the room is not enough. People living together is not enough. In psychology, they have a term called parallel play. Parallel play is described when you take a little boy or a little girl and you put them in a sandbox in a park. And there's another little kid playing in the sandbox. Now, they never touch each other. They never talk to one another. But they need someone else to be there to feel like they're having a good time. This is how most people are when they feel they can't be single. They don't really need anybody, but they don't like being alone. So they need that parallel play. They need someone else in that room. And what they say and what they do takes on the form of a spirit. And it makes you feel like you're doing it too. You're enjoying it too. You're having just as much fun. But if you pick the wrong person to pull from, remember Sunagayo? They are pulling together. They are joined together. They are led together. Sunagayo, they are led together. So he told this man, stretch forth your hand. He stretched forth his hand, and Jesus restored his hand just as whole as the other hand. And instead of excitement, attitudes came. And I want you to notice what Jesus did immediately after that. I want you to notice what Jesus did immediately after the attitudes. And it came to pass in those days that Jesus went up into the mountains to pray, and he continued all day and all night in prayer to God. You cannot spend too much time with people with attitudes without restoring your own spirit. Even when people call you up and they say to you, I need to talk to you. If they need to talk to you when you're finished, you need to go talk to God. If they're going to share a problem, you need to get back to God where there can be some strength, some reinforcement, or you might catch that attitude. As we counsel one another, as we're there as brothers and sisters in Christ trying to bear one another's burdens, we have to remember to get back to God. So many believers I don't know why it is, but so many people like to be an ear for other people. 
let me talk to you. You need to talk, call me. And then they do not restore themselves. They feel, in fact, they feel the other way around. They feel real puffed up like, oh, I did a great job. I just helped this person. I just helped that person. God said, you better beware. At least you also be tempted. And so we have to, after we finish taking on the dirt of others, we then have to go cleanse ourselves and get back to God. The Bible tells you this, not to go to bed angry. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Why? Because you're going to wake up with an attitude. You're going to wake up angry. You ever wake up and you, you, you're talking to somebody, you, you meet somebody, you say, how you doing? They're like, oh, I'm just, I'm tired. It's 6.30. You ain't seen nobody but you. <laughs> Who could have possibly annoyed you that early? Good morning to you, too. And the truth is, they never got the annoyer off of them from the night before. Touch your neighbor and say, don't carry it that far. Come on, tell somebody else. Don't carry it that far. People may say things, people may do things, and you may feel some type of way about the way they express themselves toward you. But you, for your own good, have to say, I can't, let, I can't carry that. I can't carry that any further. In my house, there's a rule. We can only talk about problems for so long. All right, that's enough. Because if I don't let it go, I'm not going to be able to hear God to think clearly for what I should do. Because every time I go to God, I'm going to God with an attitude. And the sad part about it is this attitude that I'm going to God with, I don't even know where I got it. I think I'm upset about this little thing that went wrong. I'm not. Just because something goes wrong does not constitute that that's where your attitude came from. You just didn't have any tolerance because you took on the attitude of someone else. Those obstacles that come in our way don't always have to beset us. Here is the epitome of the word annoya. You're annoyed, but the thing that you think upsets you is not the thing at all. It's not the thing at all. You think that upset you. You just didn't have any tolerance for it because you're wearing so much of everybody else's burdens, everybody else's problems. You're listening to gossip. You don't have to share it, but you're listening to it. And when you listen and you listen, remember, you are now communing with them. Dia Lego. You are communing with them. You're connecting with them. You're connecting thoughts and feelings. And after a while, you don't know the difference between their thoughts and your feelings. And now you're annoyed. And they begin to commune one with another. Someone who has another type of attitude. Other than the one that you had when you started hearing it. The word another is the exact same Greek word that the Bible says when Jesus said, I go away, but I will give you another comforter. One like me. One like me. And so when they begin to talk to you with this attitude, they want you to have an attitude, one just like theirs. And here is where we get the idiom or the phrase, misery loves company. Or you can better say it like this, misery loves communication. So when people are talking to you, have you ever heard, as a pastor, I find very often as a pastor, when I'm sitting down and people come to me and they start talking to me and sharing with me whatever burdens are on their heart, it's a very short subject. Yes, it is. 
It's not a drawn out subject. But what they begin to do is repeat it. When they start repeating phrases of it, then I realize, oh, you want to rehearse this. You don't want to get delivered from it. So either you're going to hear some counsel, receive a better spirit, or you're going to pass off a spirit to me. And the third option is no option. Say amen. Amen. Give God a praise. You do not have the option to share that with me and put that on me. But I could get it. I could catch it. I can get annoyed, annoya, without knowing. Quite recently, my mother passed away. My mother went on to be with the Lord. A couple of things were going on in my life at that time, and of course, I was saddened by it. But I thought I handled it pretty well. You know, the day of the funeral, I held my composure pretty good, cried here and there, and I thought I was handling it pretty well. A week later, my blood pressure was sky high because I was being annoyed, and I wasn't paying attention, that I wasn't praising I wasn't glorifying. And it's idea that I should be mourning. My mother just passed. I should be mourning. No, my mother passed. She's in heaven. She's with the Father. I should be rejoicing. The world says that we're supposed to mourn. But death has no sting. But the inference that I want to draw your attention to is that I was being annoyed and I wasn't aware. You can be annoyed and think you're handling the situation fairly well. Just because you're not thinking about it doesn't mean it didn't bother you. Doesn't mean it didn't bother you. And so he says, and they were filled with madness and communed with one another. In other words, they talked until their speech was the same. That's how people try to influence you. They share their opinions with you. And as they're sharing their opinions, they won't stop sharing until you're speaking the same thing. And even if you never verbally agree with them, you have now gotten annoyed. It's like people trying to talk to you or talk you out of your belief, out of your faith, and all of a sudden you get annoyed with them. Well, why would you get annoyed if you're in the right faith? There's no reason for you to get annoyed. Maintain your composure, worship your God, share your truth, and live your life. Say amen, give God a praise. Verse 12 is the most important verse. And Jesus went up into the mountain, away from everybody else, and continued in prayer. All night. He said, I got to get this off of me. I'm not going to just have two or three positive words and say I'm okay. I got to get this off of me. So some of us have been feeling down about situations not going our way. We got to get that off of us. Touch your neighbor and say, you need an all night prayer. You need to get yourself locked in there and come out and not come out until you fill it with some joy. The key to what's happening here, Jesus says to this man, Jesus is walking in the healing anointing. Okay, he's walking in the power and the authority of God. And he says to the man, I need you to do something. I need you to stand in the midst of everybody and I need you to stretch forth your hand. And the idea of stretching forth your hand denotes the fact that you are willing to receive something. And just as that man received his healing, others at the exact same time was receiving attitudes. If you came in here and you're sad and you're feeling down, if you're watching this broadcast and you're not feeling up to par, what are you willing to receive? What are you willing to stretch your hand out and take a hold of? Are you going to stretch your hand out and say, God, look at all the problems I have? Or are you going to say, God, 
I stretch my hands to thee. No other help do I know. If I withdraw myself from you, where would I go? Stretch your hands to God. Seek God. Make yourself enjoy the presence of God. Worship and enjoy God. Make a conscious decision. I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praises shall continually be in my mouth. He made me the head and not the tail. He made me the lender and not the borrower. I am blessed and highly favored in the Lord. Don't soak in the negativity that people have been saying. Don't catch the attitude of the world around you. Catch the spirit of the God above you. And he communed with one another. And they began to commune with one another. They were sitting down and they began to commune with one another. And the word with, very important, they communed with one another. The Greek word is pros, which means they talked toward one another. They were drawing closer to those attitudes. The same way you and I can draw closer to the Lord. Closer to people who are excited about the Lord. Touch your neighbor and say, I'm excited about the Lord. If you don't have an attitude, give God a praise in here today. And if you're struggling, and if you have a hard time, get with one of the people who are clapping their hands. Joy to the people that have the spirit that you want. Or you'll catch the wrong thing. You ever hear someone say, oh man, I don't want you to catch my cold. Well, when they use that reflective pronoun, mine, they're owning it. People say to me, oh, prophet, don't come over. I don't want you to catch my cold. I said, why? You ain't worried about catching my healing. I'm not going to catch your cold because I'm not going to reach for it. But I'll extend to you my healing. I'll extend to you my joy. I'll extend to you my mindset for the day. Because there may come a time when my mind needs your mindset, your spirit. That's the idea of the synagogue. That's why we're powering up. In the middle of the week, we start to get weak. And we need to plug in. We need to charge ourselves. And they begin to commune with one another. This word is powerful. To commune with one another. Literally, you could translate it to preach. They begin to preach to one another. I want to preach you into my attitude. I want you to get the spirit. I don't want you to just hear what I'm saying. I want you to get the spirit of what I'm saying. That's how hatred is spread. Racism is spread. Do you understand? It's, it's not just speaking. It's speaking until you catch the spirit of the speech. They created in that room, in the synagogue, they created among those who were supposed to be saints, they created a hate group. They were angry with Jesus, and I need all of you to be angry with Jesus. And Jesus said, see y'all later. <laughs> touch, your, touch your neighbor and say, just walk away. Just walk away away. Wipe the dust from your feet. Don't carry it with you. Just walk away. And if you're going to take anything, take the joy of the Lord with you. Dia la Lego, they begin to converse with one another, commune with one another, preach to one another until they had the spirit of one another. And that's catching an attitude. It's as if two friends got together. And one of the friends was angry with the third friend. 
And before long, two of them were angry. One because they had an attitude and one without a cause. They don't even know why they got angry. But they're not talking. We're not friends with her anymore. We don't talk to him anymore. We? Because they caught on to the attitudes that people were carrying. And beloved, if we can catch an attitude, we can catch the Holy Spirit. How are you talking when somebody say, he caught an attitude? You ain't catching an attitude because I ain't throwing one at you. You was carrying an attitude. This is different. Touch the neighbor and say, you was carrying that. You ain't catch it from me. <laughs> so Jesus looked around. He saw who was in the room. And he said to the man, there are attitudes here. There's some negative attitudes here. And there's some healing here. Stretch forth for your hand and take which one you want. I want to say that to you tonight. There's some people listening that are going through some things. They may be struggling in some capacity. And that's okay, because we all go through things. And then there's another person, maybe struggling also, but they're willing to stretch forth their hand and take of God's spirit. They want to be refueled right now. They want to power up right now. God, my power, my energy, my authority, my faith is getting low. I need to re-up right now. I need to charge myself right now. And if that's who you are today, I can guarantee you, your sorrow is going to be short-lived. God is going to change your situation. God is going to heal your situation. And not only is God going to heal your situation, but he's going to make you an instrument of healing for others. When you get powered up, when you charge yourself and you say, I'm not going to let my energy level go down but so low, you have become a battery for God that other people can come and connect with you and get more power than they had when they first started. Some of us came in here a little low, but they're not feeling low now. They came in here a little sick, but they're not feeling sick now. They came in here a little discouraged, but they're not discouraged now. They came in here with an attitude. They don't have an attitude now. That's what God expects of us. Give God a praise. He's worthy. It depends on what you want to take. It depends on what you want to govern yourself with. Jesus asked the question, he said, is it lawful for man to do good or bad on the Sabbath? E-X-E-S-T is the Greek word. Is it lawful? E-X-E-S-T-I. X-S-T. Is it lawful? Do I want this, God? Do I want to pull from this and govern myself from it as a law? Do I want to refrain from getting what's good because of a day of the week? Because of the opinions of others? Because here's a day you can get your answers. That's what Jesus was saying. Are you going to let this day that these individuals didn't understand the, uh, the proper understanding of the law, are you going to let their interpretation of the law hinder you from your opportunity right now? Never. Touch your neighbor and say never. never. 
Never. No. I'm going to embrace the Lord. I will bless the Lord at all times. It's so easy to say that when it's good times. But I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praises shall be continually in my mouth. And that's what the 12th verse says. And Jesus came and it came to pass in those days that Jesus went out into the mountain and prayed, continued all night in prayer to God. Continued. And when he came down from that mountain, do you know what he did? He changed the name of the disciples to apostles. He changed the name for the disciples. He changed their character. The word name is a Greek word, anomia, which means the authority that comes with the character. And watch what he says. And it came to pass in those days that when he had went up into the mountains to pray, and he continued all night in prayer, and when, he, when day was come, he called unto his disciples, come on, and of them he chose twelve, whom he also named apostles. Apostello is the Greek word for apostles. Someone who is sent with the authority of the sender. A-P-O-S-T-O-L-O-S. Apostella is the root word. Apostolos. Okay? And he changed their character. He changed their attitudes. So that they would not just go forth discipline, but they'd go forth with authority. Are you understanding that? Because they were disciples. And he changed them from disciples to what? Apostles. The disciples were menetes, where we get the word Matthias. Students, learners. M-A-T-H-E-T-E-S. Matthias. Or menetes. Pupils, learners, disciples. He said... It's not enough. You guys are hanging out and learning for way too long. You're still trying to accumulate knowledge. It's time for you to walk in some of the knowledge you have so that you can share the knowledge. Touch your neighbor and say, you got to walk in it before you can share it. Say it again. You got to walk in it before you can share it. In. Do you realize that the person that was spreading this attitude was walking in this attitude? They had given themselves completely over to this attitude so much so that they could now spread it. They could give it to whomever. They're like, here, catch this attitude. Here, catch this attitude. Because they were living in it. They weren't talking about it. The time for talk had passed. They're living in it. It was a living reality. Bow your heads with me. Father God, I thank you tonight that you would teach us how to catch the spirit that we need. That we listen. And when we hear words, God, that don't coincide with your scripture, we know we either need to say something immediately or before we go to bed. Lord, we need not to leave negatives on the surface of our lives so that they could seep down slowly and take root in our hearts. But God, the very thought, the very essence of the word that does not agree with you must be combated. And I thank you right now, God, that there are people who are listening to this prayer who will take seriously, Lord, the spirit that they walk in, the attitudes that they could catch, and I pray right now in the name of the Son of the Most High God that you would cause a sternness to rise up inside of us. That we would be diligent to protect our spirits and the spirit of those that are around us. 
by being active, being vocal, being visual. And we'll be careful to do this thing and glorify you in it and give you all the praise and all the honor for you are our Lord. Thank you tonight, God, for helping us to power up in Jesus' name. Give him a praise.